Welcome to the Mind Vitamin Podcast, a place for intelligent personal growth, where we look at all things related to mind and body development. Welcome to the very first episode of the Mind Vitamin Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Glock, and today I'm joined by, no surprise, a good friend of mine, Mr. Chris Vetrano, Chief Marketing Officer at indie marketing agency Nelson Schmidt. Now, Chris talks a little bit about his job, but we mostly focus on some of the peripheral gems that help make Chris the success that he is. From travel hacks and high-level amateur cycling, to not just sleepless nights, but sleepless days, his unconventional athletic diet, and how alcohol plays a positive role in the entire package. I know you're going to enjoy this inaugural podcast. So without further ado, I bring you Chris Vetrano. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brad. So you and I have known each other for a number of years, but for listeners of the podcast, why don't you just take a couple minutes and walk us through how you got to where you are today? I started my career on the creative side in publishing during the latter days of the Mad Men era, which was primarily ink on paper, three television stations, and lots of three martini lunches. I moved from the agency side and worked my way through creative account management to business development and now marketing. So one of the things you mentioned before is the dog of war mentality. Do you, do you want to take a minute and just explain what that means? Well, I can answer that now, but maybe if we wait until the end of our conversation, it might become hopefully very apparent. All right, fair enough. You know, I know when you're traveling... You're doing all these things. You're flying, you're staying in the business district, you're sleeping or maybe not sleeping. How do you put it all together? It's not really possible, is it? Or do you have some sort of travel business hacks that you can share with all of us? There has to be some sort of secret. Yeah, I, it, it's an interesting question because there there does need to be some shortcut, some simple but effective way. And I've found that it's really the idea of no longer believing I need sequential sleep most often between the time of midnight and early morning. And by doing that, um, I don't believe I need, it all needs to happen at one single time. And so it's cumulative. So when I sleep, I sleep. When I don't, I don't. And um, I don't over-rationalize that. I just listen to my body, my intuition, and that determines when I sleep, when I don't, when I work, when I run, when, when I socialize, and it fits really well. So I'm kind of maximizing that 24-hour cycle and worrying less about eight hours of constant sleep and more about just getting the sleep I need when I need it. I can't believe that that works for everybody. I mean, you have to be missing some sort of an alpha wave sleep or something that shows up somewhere else in the future. Well, it, it wasn't that way early on in my career. I mean, I think I've gravitated towards that. So, you know, as, as I developed uh, and I moved away from my creative position to more business development, management, and marketing, you know, there became voids 
and different plateaus that I had to figure out. So I think just from that type of progressive career, I needed to hack through that. I needed to find shortcuts and more optimal ways to continue to improve and to continue to perform. And that's just one of them. And so uh, for, for me, uh, that blend of athletics contributing the athletic mindset and feel uh, was a way that I was able to kind of fill some of that emotional passion I had when I was a creative professional. And, it, you know, it just works. So I, I think you're right. Uh, what works for me is not worrying too much about sleep. I get it. And uh, then the day becomes more about what I want it to be and what it needs to be rather than more of a regimen. And if I don't get it, I'm upset. So when you talk about athletics, what are you talking about specifically? Are you just talking about hitting the gym or what do you mean? Running. Uh, I, for me, running is what does it. It, it fills that void. And uh, I found that running is a great way to uh, add to the workday and to get that kind of rush of endorphins and be able to do that, whether it's in the morning before work, at lunch, or at night, dependent upon where I'm traveling and what I have to do. So has running always been the thing that drives you? Actually, it was taking up competitive cycling in the mid-90s. That was the catalyst. It was how I was able to push my mind and body to limits, like I had mentioned, filling that void. And it was getting on the bike and, uh, you know, being able to challenge yourself, know your limitations, push them, set new limitations, push them. It's, a, it's amazing how much control you get when you're riding two, four, six hours by yourself. It, it creates clarity of mind. It's the high that running provides me. Um, but it was also an addiction, and it was something that was not sustainable. My wife one day told me, you know, dude, all you do is eat, sleep, and bike. And she was pretty much right. So that was something that needed to be changed. And running was something that was much more complementary to being the catalyst and part of that personal, professional, athletic, intellectual daily regimen that we talked about before. So, you know, with the technology, cycling like golf, you know, there's that techno lust. You just, you want to buy your way into performance and that doesn't always translate, uh, let alone the commitment of bringing your equipment on the road. Running is basically strapping your shoes on and going. And so there's just something different about running that is very personal. I think each individual, anybody who runs and maybe does have a lifestyle similar to mine will get this in terms of you know you have something you can go to on almost any given day. It can be raining, snowing, you can have 30 minutes, you can have two hours. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's highly customizable to the situation. So running has been the key. And for me, uh, it's been tremendous on business because I've run in some of the greatest cities and 
metropolitan areas in the world. And uh, it's kind of fun. I have this world map, and whenever I go out on business and come back and I have a new destination that I've run, I put a little push pin. And it's just fun to look at all the places that I've experienced that are outside of the typical business destination I would have only been in if I didn't bring my shoes when I go travel on business. Would you say that running is a different sort of tool when compared to something like cycling or golf? I mean, when you were cycling, you were working towards a goal. And with running, it seems like there really is no goal other than that you're trying to figure something out. Whether you go on the run with that problem in mind or you figure out a problem you forgot you had while you're running. Is that accurate? Well, it's a good observation. I think it's accurate is running, you kind of lose yourself in it. Um, it's a, it's interesting to me to where when I hear people who don't like running and I ask them why you don't like running is because it's, it's boring, but then I find out they're doing it on a treadmill and I can appreciate that. So I don't run on treadmill because I could see where that's boring. So for me, it, it, it is getting into a frame of mind that is more about losing track for a moment of time, uh, losing track of almost everything except I know that it is just as clarifying to the mind as cycling was and as athletics are. So it is a chemical reaction that happens. And it's just the high that I can continue to um, do daily. And it's for the stuff we talked about, lack of uh, high demand of technology and equipment to support that. And uh, it's really does a lot for me in terms of being able to deal with uh, what I choose to do professionally and personally. So you mentioned the push pins. Yeah and the different places that you like to run. And one of the nice things about business travel is that you get to go to places that you either may or may not really want to go right, to. Right. But usually what happens is you have some experiences that really change who you are as a person, at least change the way you think. Um, I would imagine this is similar for you. So what have been some of the lessons that you've learned along the way in your travels? Yeah, well, it's I think you hit upon it is is going to cities, whether it be Seattle, whether it be L.A., whether it be Dallas, Miami, New York, um, you're, you're able to see those sides of towns and understand the cultural aspects of the city you're traveling more transactionally on a, on a business time frame. And what's fun about it is um, that's where you hang out then when you're with your colleagues or the, the people you're meeting with versus at the fill-in-the-blank hotel, bar, restaurant, or tourism area. So uh, the places I've seen as a result have been fantastic because I know I wouldn't have even believed they exist because I wouldn't have never seen them. So for me, it's just... Being able to, to, to experience so much more than get on plane, plane land, go to business district, stay in business district, leave, go back on plane. So is there any sort of zen to it? 
I mean, is it if you the harder you try, the more you don't find answers? I mean, are you actually going out on runs with a problem to solve, or are you solving problems you didn't know you had on your runs? Both. I mean, if you force it, does it not work? Um, force it. That's interesting because I'll tell you, I don't think I, that's interesting. I don't think I've ever not had some epiphany or some clarity on something I've chewed on while running because I think it's the chemicals again and I think it's it's that whole body kind of experience in terms of rather than separating and waiting and it's business time I'm on business I'm traveling I'm gonna have to sacrifice Uh, I've been able to find ways and embrace that as a unique part but nonetheless the same capability I have at home I do on the road Uh, I do when I travel so it's I don't think I've ever felt to my recollection that I've failed to think something out or to at least been able to think something out uh, while having my running shoes on Again, wherever that may be, even if it's doing laps around LA Live because that's all there is, or running Central Park, it's a very good way to be able to prepare, like you said, or to react and deal with something that has happened during the business day, especially when traveling. So, is that it for anybody? Is is it's running? Is that's the only place you can find clarity, or are there? Are there other places that, you know, pockets where you can just sort things out? No, well, um, you know, a good trick that I think more people should take advantage is the loyalty lounge of whatever domestic airline you choose to fly. I think that's another serenity, distraction-free zone is uh, I've learned that uh, getting an hour or two to the airport earlier, if possible, and most times it's possible, and hanging out at the Sky Club is the most productive 90 minutes I could ever have during the week. And not only do I get work done that I need to get work done in advance of my business travel, I pick off some other stragglers that I haven't been able to get to that have nothing to do with my impending travel. So that feeling is very similar. So those maybe listening that don't run and won't run, um, a close cousin is that manufactured free zone that we all have when we're preparing to board a plane, getting there early, going to a loyalty lounge. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's very similar to some of the feeling and opportunities I get that we've talked about with running. So going back to something you said earlier about intermittent sleep, I'm not quite sure I bought that. I mean, I'm one of those types of people who are on the high end. I need eight or nine hours of sleep. Well, but you, you and I are like uh, figure skating judging. We, we, we're we probably the high and the low. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess. you know, But we should disclose that neither of us are medical professionals, and so no one should be taking this advice um, without doing some of their own research. Uh, but I want to get back to something that we haven't touched on yet. And so you've got the intermittent sleep, uh, which I, I still haven't bought completely from my perspective. But, you know, how does that mix with your diet? What are you what are you eating? What are you consuming that makes it all work for you? 
I, I, I believe that, great question, it is what we talked about earlier is I don't try to make a difference between what I'm doing when I'm home and what I'm doing on the road. And I think that's very important. And that goes probably back to my cycling days uh, when coached. My coach had a daily tra- training regimen. And some what he said was, if you miss it for whatever reason, sickness, lack of time, injury, whatever it is, you let it go and you go to the next day. You don't try to recoup something that you weren't able to accomplish. And what that taught me was this consistency of do the best you can today and tomorrow is tomorrow. And so rather than thinking of a business trip of interrupting that, it's just the next day. And so for me, my diet doesn't change. And it probably won't be a surprise to you. Uh, I like to eat and drink. I mean, I really do. I enjoy the experience of uh, great food and great cocktails. So it just anecdotally, I guess my diet would resemble a menu at a Las Vegas resort. Jeez. <laughs> Eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And it's, I think, because I, I don't change. I don't go to from plan A to plan B because it's Monday or because I've got a real hard day at work or I'm traveling for four days. I guess I fine-tuned it to where if the underlying current of this conversation is blending things into one versus trying to silo things into buckets and then figuring how to manage that. Uh, My diet has become one of whatever I feel like I do. And then it's predictable but flexible, just like what we talked about in terms of running. So you don't have any specific guidelines that you're just going to follow in your diet no matter what? Is there anything that you won't touch? <laughs> uh, probably not. Probably not in terms of upsetting that equilibrium. Uh, certainly, you, you know, you got to know when to say when. But I think also there's an aspect of unpredictableness, and I'm sure you can relate to this when we're traveling. Depending upon who you meet, where you are, what happens afterwards, you do want some spontaneity. I think uh, I'd like to add that to the record, this idea of being flexible and agile enough to go with the flow. And so there too is why I don't require I eat this for breakfast, I must have this for lunch, and if I don't get this before I go to bed, that doesn't work for me and I don't think it works for whatever the system is that I've been describing. And you just, the Tomorrow is tomorrow. The next day is the next day. It's, it's my coach's philosophy. It was. Uh, don't try to make up for something. Just accept it and move on. I've learned to really listen to my body. And I think that as a, it is as a result of mixing my professional and personal passions, adding athletic-ness to my day, whether it be a work day or a weekend day, 
And that's just kind of why this whole instinctual thing is what I believe is that secret to my success that we talked about. And I believe it because on more than one occasion I've gotten a text saying that you were up at 1 o'clock in the morning and just decided to make a snack and mix a cocktail because you felt like it. So I definitely can't argue with what you're doing because it seems to be working somehow. Yeah, it might be a placebo, but you said, the, I think, the key word, decide. I, I've chosen to do this. It, 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 if I've tricked myself, fine, but it's better than lying in bed trying to convince yourself to get back to sleep because you've got six more hours. Right. I've stopped doing that. And I can't argue with that because it seems to be working for you. Um, so getting back to the business side of things, you've worked with so many different companies that sell so many different products and services, and you've seen a lot. So I'm curious, what does the future of good business look like? Yeah, um, I, I think that I think we're already there. And so if we look at this on a macro level, a business is a business, whatever it is. I think that the, the successful businesses are going to be much more humanized in the way that organizationally from both an internal workplace environment and externally in terms of how they do business with customers and partners, this idea of uh, being able to be part of something bigger than I could have achieved by myself. The only way you can do that is you have to interact with people. And I think that successful businesses are going to find a way and promote a much broader interaction of generations and demographics. I think we have kind of been tricked into believing the only things we have in common professionally and personally are with most likely those people that are in our generation, you know, our, those labels of those 10-year cycles. I think that's proving to be quickly bunk, and I believe successful organizations and businesses are going to embrace a much more multi-generational approach to business. They're going to be giving resource platforms and true infrastructure for people of all ages to group together and solve challenges that they wouldn't otherwise have the insight, perspective, opinion, or drive if it was more based upon very smaller groups of, you know, I'm this age and therefore I'm only going to hang out with people plus minus three years from me. Uh, I have found personally getting together in small groups with 30-somethings, 40-somethings, 50-somethings to be inspirational. Uh, those are where the big ideas are happening and those are where big ideas that are thought of are executed. It's the sum of contribution from people we wouldn't otherwise think we had things in common. And that's why socializing uh, and networking in which Athletics is a part of the conversation or interaction. It's easy icebreaking, and it gets people to empathize and believe that they have in common with something otherwise they wouldn't make that connection. And so to me, I think it is that human component 
of people that can bring something to the business table, whether they're a young professional or a seasoned executive. And um, those businesses and organizations that don't choose to help that, I think will not be ones that are innovative in terms of dealing with competition and dealing with the need to adapt and to change. All right, so I think I get it. Dog of war is really just everything wrapped up into one. It's business, it's personal, it's travel, it's being home, it's the diet or diet that doesn't exist, the sleep or sleep that doesn't exist. It's just the entire package and making it a package that is totally you 100% of the time, regardless of where you're at or what you need to be doing. I, I think you've got it. It really is animal instinct. I, I, I'm a mammal. You're a mammal. We should act more like mammals. We should make sure that we're breathing, seeing, hearing, talking, touching in a way that is keenness of senses. Because uh, I think with keenness of senses, if we use our senses more than we currently do, especially in our business environment, I think you keep your edge. I think you build your edge and you keep your edge. And who doesn't want that? Well, that's a great way to wrap it up. Thank you for uh, being on the podcast, Chris. Really appreciate it. Been a lot of fun, Brad. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the first Mind Vitamin podcast. To get more information or to sign up for notifications of new podcasts, please visit us at www.mindvitaminpodcast.com or mvppodcast.com. And while you're at it, I'd really appreciate you checking out our partner company, Harmonia, where we have more great content and information about nutritional supplements. The website for Harmonia is www.harmoniawellness.com. That's H-A-R-M-O-N-I-A wellness.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to have another episode out very soon.